welcome to the first episode of Gen X Voices, giving a voice to Generation X women worldwide. We start off this series with Dr. Claire Fulda, with me chatting with her about Generation X being the transitional generation of tech and social media. In this 30-minute chat, we cover who we are as Gen X women, how this series can develop, social media, cyberbullying for our kids, not mine, just the entire generations, marches, politics, gender equality, community, a little bit of everything, just to give you a taste of what Gen X Voices, the podcast conversations are going to be all about. There is some swearing throughout. Enjoy and do reach out to me on my social media to let me know what you think. We're talking about giving Gen X women a voice, which is your fab idea. Yeah, and I just want to hear your thoughts, Claire, on how you feel about that kind of podcast. Um, you know, my, 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 my big, big vision is around gender equality yeah. in the industries that I've worked in, public sector mm. and media and publishing. But something that I started thinking about a few years ago was Generation X women, so women born between 1965 and about 1980, 1981, depending on what scale you're looking at and which part of Google you're investigating, um, seem to, at the moment, and seem to always have been kind of like the silent generation. Yeah. And what I found through um, my perimenopause journey um, Mm. was that actually that's to our detriment because we're not talking about things and we're not feeling a connection between between us that we might have had when we were younger you know when there's riot girls or we followed particular bands or got into kind of music so it's kind of like wanting the podcast to be about giving Gen X women an opportunity to be heard and a voice and giving them an opportunity to talk about something that they're passionate about, whatever yeah. it is, because I'm just... Their interests, definitely. Yeah. So how do you feel about that, about I Gen think X it's women? really fascinating. I think it's definitely, like you've said, this bit of a voiceless generation, if you compare it to particularly the ones that have come after us, you know, Gen Z, millennials, where you know, having a social voice, you know, on your social media or wherever it is, is is almost part of the course, whereas we're not that generation. We've we've said this in conversation before, we've been maybe quite transitional where new things have started for us or we've been a bit of a guinea pig year, perhaps in terms of education or styles and exams and curricula and, and so on. And then I think for most of us, Coming towards the end, or at least the end of that period, things like mobile technology and social media was as we'd kind of come out of our teenage years and we're moving into becoming young adults and professionals and considering our career. So we simply didn't grow up around it as much as maybe our, our forthcoming generations have done. And as a result, there's probably a bit of a lost chance or an unrecognized chance maybe but we um, haven't had this kind of way of amplifying our voices through social media. So 
when there are things that we might want to talk about, they're probably, and you found this in your own research anyway, haven't you, that there isn't really an angle where we fit in or feel comfortable or indeed even addresses things that are kind of maybe dear to our hearts. So I think your idea is fantastic because it's going to hopefully reunite some people maybe, or at least bring people who might be feeling quite sort of alone out there together and you know reconnect a generation and feel that you know we could club together or band together and have a collective voice like many other of our generations seem to have so I'm all for it. And I think you've got something there in terms of like both the what you've said I want to pick up on what you said about kind of straddling moving into the straddling the kind of the non-tech age and now yeah the tech age and definitely what that means to us as what we dealt with um but also that thing about i was thinking about the, the generation before us yeah however you want to class the generation before us so our parents mm had more um physical face-to-face -face connections i think mm. than we have had the opportunity to have as we've got older so i'm thinking of things like you know it was much more kind of connected to if you had a particular faith or mm. if you're like a, a member of the women's institute or whatever mm. kind of american equivalent of that or even if you were um part of the women's liberation movement and coming mm. together within that movement or even kind of you know the the tail end of the civil rights movement at the time yeah. there was something physical in those communities that that connected you that Definitely. you know it's fantastic that we now see that kind of being brought online certainly by the gen y which is mm. I, I, you know who are in effect our not my personal kids um but our oh our kids we've actually done quite a bloody good job actually frankly yeah. as, as a whole yeah. generation of bringing up um this new generation that are now very vocal um mm. you know i'm i'm seeing um that generation who are very open about talking about politics who are very open mm. about talking about equality rights in whatever yeah. form they want to talk to about that kind of got that we kind of didn't get a chance to move forward on very much yeah i think well. you're right i think we it's not that we bypassed it in terms of our own discussions i just think our generation didn't take it online because it wasn't ready yet and by the time it was ready we were busy doing other things notably becoming parents maybe getting fast jobs or being promoted and progressing so it wasn't really um kind of matching in terms of our generation's timeline as you were and i think we we can be extremely grateful for those generations who have come after us in the way that they have used social media with a lot for us to learn or to to pick up from because we can see how um you know they've had some very frank and forthright conversations that need to be heard and need to be had and we can find the issues that are have we could have say you know say social media and and online technologies and mobile technology had happened 10 15 20 years earlier we probably would be the ones everyone's telling to shut up but 
the fact that they've told us to shut up anyway, probably in our lives, is why we need this podcast. But um, I think we just simply have missed out just by chance, by timing on, on this kind of fast moving social world where everything can be instantly accessed. It can be displayed online. You can find a cause. You can get involved in it. You can be an online you know, lurker, you can be fully involved. Hopefully we're not promoting any uh, keyboard warriors here, but do you know what I mean? There's that, <laughs> there's that different sense of, of, of you go to the internet maybe, or you go online to kind of voice your things, whereas we generally, well, we didn't have that as a, a means of doing it. And therefore you would have had to have relied on the previous ways, like the, what the, the groups and things that you've mentioned. But then there was also sort of, I think, not necessarily, but there was also not really anything that we could pick up on ourselves at that time. Mm. So I think kind of engineering a, a new podcast where we can pick up on the issues that are key to us, that are important, or simply that we're passionate about, I think is, is going to be quite fun. It's going to be quite exciting because I'm pretty sure that we all have a huge variety of things, but we will find some shared passions and things that can help enable some connections that we might not have been able to make or, or even know that we wanted to make. But, you know, if we can get a bunch of our generation, women from our generation talking about the things that interest us and maybe even the things that make us angry you know we can make change for us as well yeah. and um you know we see things that are you know people taking the changes forward we can talk about like you've said you know, equality rights the equality movement we can talk about extinction rebellion we can talk about climate emergency we can talk about lots and lots of things obviously the most recent thing i think we, we would obviously have is Black Lives Matter. And these are huge, great, important and wonderful things to be involved in and supporting. And yes, fine, I'm not saying that we should distract from them or not join them or not support them. But then we also must, I think, find things that, that are our causes and our things dear, dear to our hearts. And um, I think that is... Sorry. I think they can exist... In the same space i don't think one has to take primacy over another but i think what's important is that we allow a space to occur where we can put those things out and we can talk about them openly and collectively and and, and have like i say just have the space to do it i completely agree with you oh i've got a little bit of that feedback i can't testing, hear anything testing one two three <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit it out. No, I won't, because I haven't got a clue yet how to edit podcasts. So we'll leave it in. It's all fine. Yeah, it's all, it's all authentic. I think it is that sense as well for me is that the tech came in too late. Yeah. Um, for me to, to it, it didn't coincide with the time when I was, you know, on, for example, I was on CND marches and so yeah. jury marches at quite a yeah. young age. And, you know, my great aunt marched in Aldermaston. So it's kind of like mm. marching is in, is in the blood, it's frankly. In the blood. Yeah. But I became really disillusioned with protesting and marching. Mm. 
as I kind of moved into my 30s. And part of that was probably coincided with kind of the early stages of social media because it was kind of mm. like, what, what am I marching for? What is that going to achieve? How does it go further than marching? Yeah. And we see now fantastically that actually the kind of original ideas in terms of the internet and the power of the internet mm. in terms of bringing people together and, you know, I'm going to be hippie about it, having a more positive world. Yeah means that those protests um, are reaching further and are having impact as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we can talk at some point as well about kind of the, the negative sides of social media and kind of everybody being connected mm. by the internet. But that's, that's a, a good feeling for me in terms of like... Yeah. There's, you, can, you can be more vocal about what you believe in and it will reach more people and obviously yeah that also is the negative side of other people yeah. have other opinions than I, I, have, I for example I think we're quite lucky in a way to have escaped the social media onslaughts um that's happened in many other people's youths and formative years I was bullied at school and I think if social media had existed then it would have been a hundred percent worse, a thousand percent worse. And I shudder to think about how it could have been. And equally, it makes me feel very uncomfortable and, and frightened almost for, for children going through it at the moment, whether that's through a, a social media platform, whether that's through WhatsApp or anything that you can do where you are connected. So there are some significant downsides. But again, yeah. I think that's now a concern of our generation because although we are not the ones with the children, our friends and families and colleagues are those parents of children who are going through this now. And that's just one thing that I think I would be um, quite passionate to discuss that how social media is so wonderful in some areas, but so, so destructive in other areas. And, you know, you can extend that to things like body image and the presentation of a socially curated life where everything seems to be perfect and you've got a just-so picture on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you, you, you share yourself. And I think that that can be quite damaging. And equally, I find when I read things online, I love to to look at Twitter, for example, to get news from around the world, from my sector, my, you know, from academia and so on, and from other things that will be interesting and useful. But then at the same time, I have been known to regularly fall down the rabbit hole of comments that end up really, really frustrating me at times, or in fact, enraging me to a point. And I think, again, because you've got people there sitting away behind their screens, tapping out whatever they feel like saying and you don't know their motives and their reasoning even the state of their mental health so we don't know and I think again that is a source of damage and a source of concern for me um so you know I don't have children but I have three three nephews and a niece and I will you know be very aware of how they're starting to move online my oldest nephew has just got a phone it's very well protected and parental controlled by my brother but um that's going to change really really quickly especially as as he and you know in a few years 
couple of years even will go to secondary school and I just worry about it becoming a tool for for bad rather than good so you know there, there are pros and cons to the whole thing but I just really do thank my lucky stars that I never had social media as a as a young young adult growing up it would have just I believe made my life absolute hell yeah um, I'm with you on that I am um, I was bullied at the beginning of secondary school and a few years ago when the term cyberbullying started mm. someone um Someone did say to me, oh, well, you know, what's, what's, all, what's all the fuss? I was bullied at school. It was fine for me, da, da, da. And I pointed out something they obviously hadn't thought about at that point, which was, yeah, but when we were bullied at a younger age, if we have been bullied by people outside of our home, I'm not even going to get into mm. abuse within the home. Um, but if we were being bullied, for example, by people at school, you did have an element of safe space because you could go home. Most, yeah. most people, um, obviously not all, um, could go home and get away from it. But bullying now is 24-7. Yeah, lives and in your the kids, phone. The kids cannot get away from it. So, yeah, I think, you know, that that's, thank you, because that's given me a really good idea of someone to talk to as well. Around that for a podcast, around, you know, it's about, we're the generation of parents at the moment that are also dealing with looking after our rapidly aging parents ourselves yeah, as well. True. How can we help build resilience in that childhood generation? I don't think they've been given a letter yet. <laughs> generation A, where do they go off? I don't to start again. Sure. I'll ask my friend who's got um, a 10 year old. Yeah, what, what, we, we need what, to what know what, what the, the new generations are called. Probably some psychoscience term somewhere. <laughs> anyway, but it's that thing about helping to build resilience up in their generation. Yeah, definitely. Also dealing with our ageing parents. Yeah, definitely. And I think that would dreamers, be... And how we keep ourselves yeah i think that would be a very interesting point anyway i think for the people of our generation as a as a a thing to discuss because we all have our concerns about parents at any age we are now that generation who is who will have um parents where where things are starting to change and i say that quite euphemistically because it will happen differently and at different rates to different people but I see it a little bit in my own parents where they're not now as quite quite as invincible as, as I thought they were or remember them to be. And little things, and if we're talking about social media in particular, my dad is horrified by the thought. He, he keeps himself well clear. He, he doesn't understand the mechanisms of it and he doesn't want to. He doesn't believe that this is something that people should be doing you know sharing themselves displaying themselves um so much online and yes he's he's can be you know a bit fearful of of many things but this seems to be a particularly horrific idea for him my mum bless her she's she's very um social media and, and technology she's very adept and she does lots of different things and she's been doing for example, during lockdown, she's been doing her yoga via Zoom and all of this, which I think is brilliant because she had to shield with my dad. So it's been a, a source of connection for her 
but it is certainly a source of friction, I think, certainly between like me and my dad when I say, oh, I just, you know, said this on Facebook or I read this on Twitter and, and um, don't even get me started about how I have to explain Pinterest to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember, this is going live and he may hear you at some point. He won't because he won't be online. That's fine. That's very I, I true. Guarantee, I can guarantee he will not make that journey to his computer. So, you know, there are things where I think, okay, I said that we were in that transitional period, but we do remember that it must be even weirder for mm. people before us as well. And to, in a way, some, it, some parts of your daily life necessitate the use of, of mobile technology and online things. And that can make things a little bit trickier if you're reluctant to do it or you don't understand it. So I think there's lots and lots of different things. Um, and we seem to have picked up on the internet as our kind of central point of this conversation, which is quite interesting. I think it's just ended up being kind of around social media and connection yeah. and connection with our generation and connection with other I generations think so. as well. And I think really probably that's, that's, that's probably a core thing because it's about different ways of connecting and whether or not our generation do feel connected because of the way social media has sort of grown up and developed in in our timeline and our lifeline and lifetime sorry and 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 on beyond have we embraced it do we feel a bit left behind is it something for the new generation and we just i don't know like old people prod along on facebook and everyone else has jumped to tiktok and snapchat and all of that which is things that i will never go anywhere near but um yeah i do i do think that's probably a quite a unifying thing um and things are very very social media centric at the moment so if you don't feel comfortable perhaps that's the, again it doesn't amplify your voice like it amplifies other people's it actually silences you a little bit further um and that's not even getting into you know the people who don't have wi-fi or yeah maybe exactly have like, stuff going on at home and don't exactly have don't don't have a, a, a means have of doing that yeah. which again then doesn't just extend to gender equality but it's equality and equity across the board because we cannot always assume that people do have those and I think that's something that this lockdown has really highlighted yeah. is that we assume that our generation and the generations that have come after us are just because they grew up with social media are a kind of in tune with it and b have the access to it and that simply yeah. isn't always the case and that massively gets into, you know, gender equality and um, stuff that gets looked at, kind of partner violence. Yeah. And also, um, you know, other areas of equality, certainly kind of um, people who I know who have got disabilities that mm. um, have had massive issues with the lockdown and trying to stay connected yeah, with people. Definitely. Definitely, um, and it can be just just really hard, and it can be because it's so pervasive now. It's literally everywhere. Everything's on demand. Everything's instantly accessible. And so, if you're an able user and someone who's confident and you know enough tech savvy enough to know how things fine, you can be okay. But if you're not one of those people, of which there are significant numbers, then we forget that it's not as simple as that it's not no. as easy and again what how are those people's voices being heard or amplified or moved forward and 
and so on and because it, it gets into class as well because if you yeah. um again it kind of how we've ended up we, we both don't have kids but we've ended up talking about kids a lot um <laughs> I, don't, I think that's the first that's the first for me in quite a while but it's it comes back to you know a lot of the um faucet society research that they've been doing during lockdown um mm. that that class even though it does in the uk doesn't come under the equalities act class has massively been um mm. amplified in terms of the lockdown because you might have um a single mum that's got three kids who all need to be homeschooled mm -hmm. single mum also needs to work possibly as well yeah. and they've got one tablet between them yeah. And possibly a crappy Wi-Fi connection wherever they're living yeah. as well. Or maybe not even Wi-Fi in lots of cases. Like I, you know, know people who simply just don't have that. They don't have the connection and they don't have the piece of technology that, that enables that. And I Having think grand assumptions has been yeah, exactly. massively damaging. Grand assumptions well. have been made that, oh yes, everything can switch online very easily, very quickly, and okay, everyone's in a learning curve. But we, there is a danger that people get left behind or forgotten, even which yeah. is even worse. Um, so yeah, I think so. If we can try and get some of the voices in the room. Yeah, I think that would be important. I think yeah. it it has to happen, and um, people beyond you and I have to be aware of of those situations being probably far more the norm than they are the exception. Mm. So yeah, I do I do have you know quite specific concerns around around things like that, which I think tie in quite nicely again with the idea of equality. Just mm. I believe how we started this conversation. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. I'm gonna ask you one more question and then we're okay. gonna wrap it up. I have got no idea how long we've been talking for. About 15 minutes, about 20 minutes. Yeah, I think so like 15, that. 20, something like that. You know us, we can yatter on for forever. My days, yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you one more question. If okay. um and this com we've ended up talking about things that we're passionate about anyway, but if I yeah. come to come to you for um a fuller podcast, is there something yeah. in your life or your work that you have a burning urge to talk about that you're really passionate about? I don't know. I mean I do have lots of things that I'm passionate about. I think narrowing it down to one thing probably would would have to be the start and I'd have to think about it. Um, I think mine would certainly be along the idea of ensuring everybody has equal access to be able to move through university or whatever they've chosen to do with this equal access to opportunity um, to be successful. And a lot of my research that I've done is about generating student capital so I've looked at this from a lot of different angles. So that certainly would be one area. But then I could probably talk about things in the vein, say, of, I don't know, Caroline Criado Perez, where we, we are women living in a very male-dominated, male-defined, male-tested, male-invented world. And, you know, where does that start to change? When do people start thinking about that, you know, the equality there and, and things the importance that like we've seen it again lockdown and, and this pandemic has really highlighted things 
just simply that face masks have been designed around an, a typical male structured face, bone structure. And you've got all lots of obviously women working through the NHS, um, people having to wear masks now as that, that's been coming in. Like, wh why aren't they designed to, to fit women as well? We exist as much as men do. It really so, reminds me of Oh, feedback, sorry. It really reminds me of um, before lockdown when there were two female astronauts on um, the International Space Station and it was going to be the first spacewalk with two female astronauts yeah. and they had to, I can't remember if they cancelled it or delayed it because they didn't have two spacesuits to, to, to fit women. Yeah. Which was that's just outrageous. It just boggles my brain yeah. beyond beyond words. And there's a bit Absolutely. of science geek I was showing at the TV when I saw the <laughs> I do a lot of shouting at the telly, I have to admit. And then if you didn't want me to shut up and you needed me to fill hours and hours of podcast time, I'd just start me on the Tories, to be perfectly honest. You know, <laughs> there we go. I mean, I've read, I've read some quite shocking things this morning. Um... There's a brilliant guy on Twitter, Russ in Cheshire, I think his handle is. And he does these weekly summaries, you know, a week in Tory. And this, the one he's posted today is just beyond belief. And it's, you know, you can fact check it yourself if you, if you don't believe that what he's saying is true. And I've gone through some things of his before in a, in a Facebook debate. There we go. Coming back to our, our chats about um, social media, but, it's just I've the way this country is is being run. Well, it's it's not being run. Let's say that it's being mishandled. And again, so many things of, of, around justice and equality and things are happening there. And the way they're now not so secretly dismantling the NHS and and other things. I just find it shocking. So, yes, there are probably many things I could get on my soapbox about, and you'll probably have to just say, Claire, shut up at some point. And I will shut up, I do promise. Well, that. I'm not going to say shut up, but I am going to bring this to a close. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. What a lovely conversation this has been. Lovely. I'm going to stop recording in a sec, so I will yeah. say au revoir um, from au the revoir. podcast. And yeah. we'll see, hopefully, once I figure out the tech side. Um, <laughs> there you go. And it's purely, you know, so that I'm accountable, very accountable to my marketing accountability group run by a local businessman, Simon Batchelor. Big shout out to him and his Marketing Success Club. So we will see how these go. Good. Thank you so much. Claire, Excellent. Well, thank you for having me. I have enjoyed it. No worries. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye.